0: All right, Overnight Crowders, thanks for your company across the show Tuesday into the Wednesday morning. And uh, look, there's a bit going on in the world of NRL, uh, one of the other big footy codes. I know we talk a lot of AFL here on the Overnight Crowd, but there's a lot of us interested, of course, in the NRL. And so I thought I'd reach out to a man who I know is just I think passionate is an understatement. It's James Sully Sullivan who is going to join us right now. You can hear him during the weeks on SENWA's Breakfast Show as well, but he's been good enough to join us on The Overnight Crowd to unpack everything happening across the NRL at the moment. Sully, great to have you on board The Overnight Crowd.
1: Hello, Jen. How are you? Long time no speak, but uh, wonderful to chat. And yeah, as you just mentioned in the lead-in, so much going on this week and also a lot concerning WA, but we'll get on to that, no doubt, a little bit later on.
0: Absolutely. Sneaky uh, pitches going on. And who who would have thought? But, yes, yeah, so let's, let's touch base on that maybe at the end. Let's start with, of course, the big news, and it has to be Trent Barrett resigning across Sunday night. We found out the news Monday morning, of course. What's the latest there? I'm hearing we might have an interim coach appointed as well.
1: Yeah, as you said, Baz, Trent Barrett, and, you know, five wins from 34 games, uh, 15% winning strike rate. and It's obviously a lot talked about in the off-season. They had some major signings, of course, with Matt Burton and the likes, Dufty, Paul Vaughan, and it just hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the bottom line. And a disappointing loss up there in Brisbane to open Magic Round uh, over the Newcastle Knights. And Trent's obviously gone away. And uh, You know, the big thing for me, Jen, a lot of people say, oh, Phil Gould pushed him and all this. I don't think he did. Mm. Uh, I think at the end of the day, Baz is, you know, 10 rounds into the competition. And I think he just thought, I can't do any more. Yeah. Um, and I personally think he's just, and it was interesting, I've heard over the last couple of days, he, he had a good chat to his wife and his young children when he got home. Well, they're not young anymore. They're getting a little bit older. And they basically said, dad, you don't need it. And um, and that was part of the decision. So he, he rang on Sunday night and resigned from the position. And as I said, a 15% winning strike rate over those 34 games is a bit tough. But what we've heard today, there's a lot of talk about who's going to take over. And um, So what's happened, Michael Potter, who had a lot to do with WA, of course, he was a former Western Reds player. He's coach of the New South Wales Cup, knock-on effect cup, as they call it, like the reserve grade. Yep. He's coach of the Mounties. So it looks like it hasn't been announced publicly, but okay. it's like it's wildfire tonight that Michael Potter will go up and, and look after the Bulldogs for the rest of the year.
0: Well, it's interesting you said like that you think it's one of those things for Baz that he just got to that point 10 rounds in. I don't think the story is really was he resigned or, was, or did he push. It's more now what are the pros and the cons of trying to take over the role at the Bulldogs as it stands. Where do you sit and feel about the pros for someone like Potter if interim turns into something further and the cons of, of where they are at that once very great club?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if Michael wants to coach NRL mm-hmm. again, as in full-time. I think he might he might be quite happy just to do the interim stuff, but obviously he's still involved. Yep. We all know he has coached at the highest level. Obviously, West Tigers was the last... Um, NRL side he did coach, but um, me personally, I think they'll be looking. And the talk this morning, honestly, Jen, it was all about this player, Christian Wolfe, he's obviously in England at at St. Helens, but the name that keeps popping up is the ex-NRL Premiership winning coach in Shane Flanagan with the Cronulla Sharks, of course, who Uh after all, we all know what happened a few years ago. Flano's uh, coaching accreditations was basically, yeah, stopped. Uh, but now he's involved. He's assistant coach. Well, he helps out at the Dragons, and he's he's up and about. He's in the media a lot over here now with a continuous call team, and you hear him on Fox as mm-hmm. a you know as a, a commentator. So he's the one they want to. And I think the big, the worst thing about it is people keep saying, "Oh, but his son's there." Well, I don't care. At The end of the day, the kid's a footballer. Well, how mm-hmm. many sons and father sons coaching combinations have we got in the comp at the moment? Well, Penrith the Broncos, and I'm pretty sure, I'm just trying to think, there was one more, I think. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's Cleary and Walders at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so I don't think that would be a problem. But it looks like now that uh, obviously Phil Girl is in charge of the head, he's the head of football at the Bulldogs. Um, he's decided that, you know, Michael Potter will do it for the rest of the year and they'll search around and see. Because, you know, As you, I, I love the word you said, a once strong club. Mm. Because they were. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And a lot of Bulldog supporters, and there's a heap in WA, trust me, um, who, you know, obviously thought it would be a better start of the year and it just hasn't
0: worked. Well, it's it's interesting again, even – I hadn't even thought of that connection, but Shane Flanagan being floated around and, as you touched on, knowing uh, the history of, of when his head coaching career ended – You've got GWS Giants over in Sydney with James Heard being thrown around as an option. Isn't that remarkable? The 360 that we're going, we're having discussions about Flanagan and Hurd potentially entering into head coaching times again when their careers are somehow paralleling. It's, that's a whole nother discussion point, but uh, that's blown my mind a little bit to think of that. Now, one thing that I did find interesting listening to Phil Gould's comments across uh, the last day or so one in particular was when he, he made the comment that, um, A, he thinks Trent Barrett's one of the best young coaches going around, but B, that he th- sort of said to him, don't take the manly job. You won't be supported there because you're not a manly man. Don't take the Bulldogs job. You're not supported there. You're not a Bulldogs man. Again, paraphrasing. But do you, d- does coaching have to come from within the club to have that DNA or is it surely that's not entirely the, that, what it has to be about?
1: No, that's right. I, I agree totally. I don't think the DNA. I sometimes feel that um, do because, as we all know, Trent Barrett was a great player. Mm. Um, but some do they try and teach their the players to play like them nowadays? You just let them play, don't you? You look at the great coaches in your game, and they're basically blokes that just make their father figures, aren't they?
0: Yeah, mentors. Um, yeah,
1: that's right, mentors. Parramatta was another club. That's the third one with the Arthurs.
0: Yes. Brad Arthurs. Yes, of and obviously
1: Jake. That's the third club, yeah. But you're right in saying, you know, obviously Trent was a really good – well, he's had a great time as an assistant coach at Penrith and they loved him. Maybe – again, sometimes you've got to be hard and that's the bottom line. You've got to be tough. Was he tough enough? I don't know. I know Trent personally. He's a great bloke. Um, maybe being a great bloke doesn't make you a great coach.
0: Well, I think sometimes as well, assistant coaching, that level is so vital into the success of the club, and we've seen that. And sometimes, and this is not a a knock on anyone, but that is the right level to be at to get the best value out of you and your skill set. And maybe that's more where Trent should be because he seems to have had great success at that level.
1: Yeah, that's right, and he has. And obviously, you know, we look at what happened to Manly and – and that was ugly, the the way he was showing the door at Manly. And now the same situation here at the Bulldogs. And and it's left, it just does, does make you wonder, well, what's next? Does he want to be a full-time coach? Mm. The only way I can see him being a full-time coach is, is if he goes to the Super League.
0: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, which is probably a little less um, intense, I feel, just from looking outside. The other thing, and surely it's just a coincidence, coincidence it's not aligned to Trent Barrett leaving, but um, Naden having moved on to West Tigers throughout this week with the mid-season movements that you can do, that's not connected to Baz moving on, is it? That's just coincidence time-wise, is it?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, Naden wasn't happy with his time at the Bulldog. He's been given plenty of time. So, mate, we're not sure what's going on in the background there because that happened very quickly today. Mm. Um, and then we've seen a couple of them, haven't we? Last week, Cody Nicarima uh, was at the Warriors, and then all of a sudden, it's quite funny, he <laughs> pops up and he plays against the Warriors last week for the Rabbitohs. And, and that's going to happen this week. And then we, Well, that's right. <laughs> and Naden, Naden will pop up and play against the Bulldogs. I'm not sure if he's been named uh, yet. I'm, I didn't see the team sheet this afternoon, but... Obviously, the other one, Anthony Milford, he'll start for the Newcastle Knights after his playing contract was re-registered. That's the right word. Yep. Uh, so he'll he's gone to the the Knights. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's only one sport can do it, Jen. We can. <laughs> there's not many other sports can do it. The one week you play for his side, and the next week. You play for another one. I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it creates interesting storylines, nonetheless. Hey, let's switch across now and look at the fact that there is continual talk about expansion. And I feel like whilst the overnight crowd, this is an Australian-wide show, but we've talked a little bit about the fact that WA, from an NRL perspective, I felt had been benched, that, that we hadn't really thought about having, um, continuing to pitch and push for for a team. It seemed to me to be a little bit more dead and buried. But there's a chance that the Bears might now be potentially pitched to come across to WA.
1: Yeah, well, the North Sydney Bears were talking about, one of the great foundation clubs. And I think what you're saying then, yeah, was it put in the back corner when Peter Verlandis first took over in the job and mm. he did say, well, WA is not in my um, horizons. Now, the the big thing now is, what we've got with the North Sydney Bears and and what Valandis does love, Jen. It's new sponsors. It's new people. Mm -hmm. You've only got to have a look at what's happened with the Dolphins. You know, the Kings, major sponsor. No one's ever heard them. They've had no relationship with Rugby League before and now they're sponsoring. So that's a new thing as well. But what will happen, it'll be the North. This is what I've been reading and listening over the thing. North Sydney Bear, it'll be based in Perth. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. But the North Sydney Bears want four home games a year at that picturesque North Sydney Oval. It's one of the best. Oh. I called a, a New South Wales Cup there game there a month ago. It's brilliant. Absolutely beautiful ground, and we all oh, you know as well through your gorgeous. cricket connections, yep. and it is the best. It's so. It's just a gorgeous ground. Uh, what we call a suburban ground. It's brilliant. So they want four, and what North Sydney fans will get every away game. Will be they'll be visitors, they'll be supporters of the North Sydney Bears able to go and watch. Will it work? I I think so. I I really do. It's the first time I'm a little bit keen too because every time I hear it, I'm dubious, oh, here we go again. (laughs) You know, here we go again. But it's got legs. And the best thing about it, whenever you hear an expansion being funded by a government, you think, here we go.
0: Legs. Yeah,
1: this is interesting. The government are keen to get involved again.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. It does make it seem a little bit more credible and that there's support and finances and importantly, facilities and resources going to be aligned to it because you have to have the facilities or else it doesn't go anywhere. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. How, so any other big news across NRL before we let you go and, and get on with your, your evening?
1: Well, a magic, night, a magic weekend. It was last weekend with Magic Brilliant. Round. I love the concept and you know, over 130,000 people over the three days at Suncorp. And, you know, the ground, God love it. <laughs> they had a lot of rain. And I looked at some people were saying, oh, it looks a bit roughed up. I'll tell you what, if I had that many blokes running on my front lawn come Sunday afternoon, it would look a bit messed up as well. I I thought it held up beautifully. There was a couple of games that didn't reach any great heights. But I tell you what, only a couple. Yeah. And what we saw was points scored all weekend. Uh, we saw the Cowboys once again. Geez, they got a couple. They got a couple of big weeks of Cowboys. Are they the real deal? We'll know in three weeks because they got the Storm and then they got the Panthers. I, I like what Todd Payton's done up there, but you know uh, that's the big thing that's come out of it. Uh, how good the football was, and obviously Brisbane will have it for a few more years again. Then Jen, and then you know yeah. who knows where the circles will pick up, pick itself up. But I love it in Brisbane to be totally honest. I it's a footy town. You know, it's a rugby league town. If they're going to take it anywhere, take it in New Zealand for one year, then give it, send it back to Suncorp.
0: I think that's a great shout. I reckon New Zealand's a really valid option, but yeah, you're right. Keep it in a, a really heartstrong rugby league town, and Brisbane is that. And it was kind of cool that the three Queensland teams saluted as well. That made it even better.
1: Oh, that is interesting. That hasn't happened. That doesn't happen very, very often. And what we're seeing. Now in Brisbane, you know, it's all Kevy Nation. Oh, he's got him <laughs> rocking and rolling. As in him and Adam Reynolds are going along nicely. But I, I tell you what, the one bloke that gets forget, forgotten a little bit about is Ben Eichen. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, he left 360 to go and become a very, very important cog in that Brisbane moving forward. And he's done a great job. And they're playing good footy, the Broncos. Oh. They could win probably, in my opinion, win their next four. And come up against the storm in origin. Oh wow, that could be eight night going eight in a row going for nine against the storm.
0: Get out. A strong Broncos team is a good NRL competition, without a doubt. So Sol, thanks so mm-hmm. much for your your time tonight and for jumping on board here with the overnight crowd. It's been a pleasure to speak to you as it used to be. I'm glad we've reconnected.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for thinking of me.
0: Anytime. Uh, That's James Sully Sullivan, one of my favourite people to speak NRL with. And uh, hopefully we can have more to do with Sully in future weeks, uh, especially around state of origin time, because hell, that's exciting. 1-300-736-736 is the number to call through on. Plenty of time for your calls and your texts when we return on The Overnight Crowd.